Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. I've been talking about Leon Tailoring for years, ever since I came to Indianapolis almost 20 years ago. You know why I talk about them? Because Leon Tailoring does a really good job of getting you quality clothes, whether it's something tailor-made, something ready-made, something custom-made. they got a career services division uh, for the young people in life who are looking for that first job. No matter what it is you're looking for when it comes to clothing over at Leon Tailoring, they will look out for you and they will take care of you. So when you swing on by at 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis, tell them Abdul sent you and say hi to Larry, Norm, Kim, and Judy and pick yourself something up or better yet something for your loved one they'll appreciate it leon tailoring 809 north delaware downtown indianapolis you should all have to wear a tie well thanks for coming everybody uh excited to get started uh as i kind of said yesterday i think this will be a short session that gets uh, uh hopefully it'll actually be short and uh, uh we're going to work on kind of fine-tuning some things obviously a lot of different issues always come in front of the legislative body but uh, try to keep a more focused agenda going into this year. Mr. Speaker, you talked about uh, anti-Semitic uh, anti legislation. Uh, uh, what's going on with that? Uh, what's going to happen with college campuses? And should we just uh, protect Jewish students, uh, African-American students, uh, people of color, well, look, women? Abdul, I think what we've seen in, in this, this body unanimously last year, uh, passed House Bill 1037, which which addressed particularly anti-Semitic teaching and and uh, and materials, and and it was a good bill last year. It's even more appropriate this year. Uh, you know, you don't have to turn on the news or, or read the news not to see uh, the, the situation happening far too often across our country to to the Jewish students and and. You know, we just happened to be a little bit ahead of it last year. Look forward to passing again this year. Well, what about so allowing what, for what referendums? What about allowing for referendums? Is that a possibility? This no, no. So what wasn't covered by 1037 last year that you would like to see expanded? You know, I'm, I'm comfortable with the bill as it is. We passed it last year, didn't get, oh, so through, the didn't get through the Senate. So so we'll pass it again this year. I'm, I'm on the same page now. Sorry, sorry. Should have been more, should have been clear. Should have clarified. The Chamber of Commerce in their uh, priorities yesterday outlined they want to see uh, some financial stuff like the the ta tobacco tax, that sort of thing. Is there any appetite for something like that in short session, especially since the Senate is still doing its tax rate? No, I think, you know, I think all the financial stuff Chairman Thompson will take a look at. But again, I want to set reasonable expectations. Like we've, you know, we just passed a, a big comprehensive budget last year. It hasn't even been six months. Uh, since it's gone into an impact, and, and we'll consider all those types of proposals. Uh, but again, I think we'll have a more limited, more focused agenda this year. There's budget items. Um, why do you the highway seems a little budgety? Can you talk a little bit more? Yeah, we're going to start working that plan to, to, to figure out what it's going to take and what the costs are to be able to do that. You know, that, those types of projects, those types of uh, projects, it, it takes time to develop the plan. But I want to make sure that we know what the goal is and we develop the plan to accomplish it. I think it's important when you're the crossroads of America uh, for both commerce and, quite frankly, for safety issues that, that we uh, we expand and make 65 and 73 lanes border to border. Uh, uh, let's get a plan in place to get that done. Are you comfortable getting that water from Tippecanoe County all the way down to that area? Well, I think, first of all, you know, that's a water study that's being done. Uh, you know, there's no immediate timeline on that. We're just, I mean, there's lots of good news in that. We, you know, I mean, water is a very valuable resource. And, and we have, uh, thankfully, it appears to be abundance of it. So, you know, we're trying to determine, work through the study, trying to determine what
what is there and then what's appropriate if, if, if there are projects or there are reasons that we would need to tap into that aquifer working with the local officials in that area. Uh, it's a cooperative process. I think, you know, no decisions have been made. Legislatively, we'd have to make decisions before anything uh, robust would be done. So uh, uh, it's just good to get the information, to get the facts, and that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> Are there any plans for lawmakers to sort of keep them from doing that? No, I think that I think I think I think they uh, I believe that's a resolution, right? And and uh, I think it's the first uh, step towards an ordinance. Yeah, I, I think you know I think that uh, we all have to do a better job of communicating on this. That that uh, you know we share resources across counties, across states. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, nothing is being done in any level of immediacy. Uh, we're just getting a studies done to figure out what's available. If we have economic development opportunities, that we watch population changes. You know, IFA has done this, you know, as recently they did it on, in southeast Indiana, this type of study. So I, I think, you know, what we can't do is put the cart before the horse. Nothing's going to happen in the, the immediate short term. And, and all we're trying to do is get information. And, and uh, again, the legislative body will have an opportunity to, to review anything that takes place. On the efficiency question, uh, one, are you saying that you want to basically require that students who can't read a proficiency by third grade repeat that grade? Yes. Okay. Is there a risk here that that's going to adversely affect uh, students of color? Well, I think, no, I think it's, you know, we're adversely affecting any student that we pass along that can't read at an appropriate level. We know that they, you know, we know by the statistics that they end up higher rates of incarceration, higher rates of, of government assistance, whether you're a student of color or any type of student, that's just not fair to the kid. And, 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 uh, and so, you know, that's what we're trying to get at. We'll work together with the department. I, the biggest thing is we just need to focus on it. Like, Indiana is not unique in this, that unfortunately across the country we're reading worse than we've read decades ago and so you know what we're saying is let's get focused on it working with dr jenner and the doe to to make sure we set up kids to be successful that was that was the way that program that was the way that program was when you first created i yeah. read and a reporter helpfully reminded me uh, <laughs> five minutes ago that then it was taken away at some point. Well, they're, are you they, worried about just, backlash from parents when you're going to when you're going to tell some of them, "Hey, your kid's not moving on"? No, I think you know when you, no, I think first of all we continue to, the DOE's looked at this and they're working on this. They, you know, we created create, continue to create exceptions. And again, you know, when you pass that kid on and, and they aren't prepared to succeed, you're not doing that kid a favor. So, you know, Brandon, take very seriously that we need to communicate with, with schools and with parents. But let's set that goal and let's get it accomplished. What about collective bargaining? Well, I think we talked about truancy yesterday that, you know, I mean, this is a big issue. And we've heard it from uh, all edge cares and education associations I've talked to. This has been an issue. I think, you know, there's laws on the books. First of all, we got to get back to parents need to appreciate and understand the value of the education uh, and, and think about why their student isn't attending school. But second of all, you know, I hope prosecutors take a more aggressive tone in, in education neglect and at least uh, support the schools as they try to take actions to make sure kids are in, in, in school. What about collective bargaining issues for teachers? Uh, we'll see if that comes up. What's the impact going to be on schools if we're holding back you know, 20% of our third graders? All of a sudden we're having you know, thousands of kids repeating grade. How does that affect classrooms, teachers, school budgets? How does that affect kids? 
Like, I mean, like, you know, I mean, we'll figure out the budget thing, but I mean, you know, like we are doing those kids a total disservice. And so I'm, I'm sorry, but I think it's all to us. We'll have to figure out because it's going to cost us more money. We, we should pay more money. Uh, but, but like, you know, I mean, we got to stop talking about who is going to impact it. Who's it impacting for the long term with the most dragging effect is the individual student. Well, but classroom sizes obviously impact kids yeah, too. Sure. If you're talking well, about a bottleneck at third grade. Uh, then st schools will need to staff differently. And look, the goal is not to retain a single student. The goal is to set the priority and the focus, get, get, you know, although, you know, from K to two, that these kids are reading, that they're getting to where they need to be, K to three, and then, you know, and that's going to mean, and I've talked to Dr. Jenner about this, that look, we want to, you know, we have to focus on things. And so that's going to be bringing stuff to us and say, hey, we haven't helped. You know, what are things that we've required that are getting in the way of, of spending a lot of time during a school day? Uh, on reading, but we're not going to have the scientists we need. We aren't going to have, you know, the electricians we need. We're not going to have the carpenters we need if we don't have kids that can read at the basic levels of proficiency. But speaker, any sort of, any sort of, any sort of, any social promotion, uh, basically to stop uh, folks in third grade from going forward, uh, is it something that can be done in a short session where you guys need more time? Well, I think we're going to work with the again there are there's a law in the books and then there have been exceptions created and exceptions have gotten broader and broader and broader we'll work with the department we'll work with the stakeholders to figure out the appropriate way to do it but yeah i mean this is a short session issue i mean you know uh, because i think again we have to say is this a priority to us if it is how do we clear the space for educators to be able to spend as much time as possible teaching the kids and again the goal the absolute 100 percent goal is we don't retain a single kid because they're prepared and reading at the basic levels of proficiency by the end of third grade. Last well, legislative session, there was a priority to allow textbook fees to be free to all parents and kids. That's not been, it's been harder for uh, schools to do that. Is there any interest in opening the budget back up? No. Not at all? None. You think there's enough money there to do that? Now? I do. All right, thank you guys. Appreciate it now. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.